0: And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash
1: ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining me tonight on episode 23, season one of The Standoff with Brad here on New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, Here tonight on a Thursday this week due to the State of Origin uh, Game 1 and the Warriors Awards Night um, airing during our usual time slot yesterday. Um, While I'm here live at 8pm, you can also catch us um, via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, I'm going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including my top stories of the week, a breakdown of the Warriors Awards Night, a wrap-up of the first State of Origin Clash, a preview of the second State of Origin game, uh, and news on rugby league from around the world, including the women's game, the UK, and the New Zealand local scene. So tune in to get your rugby league news, and remember to send me comments and questions throughout the show. So let's just jump straight into our top stories of the week. Uh, My top story I've picked this week is that the Bulldogs rebuild continues with Steve Hansen joining the club as a high-performance consultant. He's going to be working closely with Coach Trent Barrett and his management staff as well as having some dealings with the players' leadership group. I'm um, not really sure how much time he's going to be spending with the club in this in this role, um, but it's a great coup for the Bulldogs, I think. Um, he's had an impressive run, as, as we all would know, as the All Blacks coach, winning 93 games out of 107, including the 2015 World Cup. And he's certainly going to have um, be a great source of knowledge for Trent Barrett to lean on. So um, interesting times ahead for uh, the Canterbury Bulldogs as they look to um, get themselves off the bottom of the ladder in 2021. As I mentioned briefly last week, uh, the 1st of November is the time when teams can start, or clubs, sorry, can start approaching players in the final year of their contract. So it's kind of the crazy season um, starts for the NRL. So we've got a lot of um, news about player movements, so let's just get into it. Uh, Benji Marshall has been linked with a possible move to the North Queensland Cowboys. If this happens, it looks like uh, Jake Clifford will be leaving the club to join the Knights. Uh, There's a little bit of an issue around money right now um, with the Cowboys not offering Benji As much money as would like so they haven't signed on the line yet so time's going to tell if it will actually happen or not um in all brutal honesty benji's kind of running out of time and at his age um he might need to just take whatever's on the table so um time will tell what will happen there but if the knights are that keen on jake clifford we might even see benji get an offer from the knights who who really knows with how crazy this um player movement is nowadays still no word on cameron smith's um future yet um the storm are are very keen to hold on to him in an off-field capacity um if he does decide to hang up the boots certainly i think that's probably the ideal way to go i think um it's hard as i said last week it's very hard to end your career on a high so Being able to retire winning the grand final and then going straight into um, the club you've been with for so long and helping them off the field, I think, is an ideal situation for him. Especially if they they see him when he has aspirations to be a coach with um, Craig Bellamy looking at moving on, possibly at the end of next season. It could be a good way to bring um, Cameron Smith in if he's interested in coaching, to kind of take um, all the knowledge he can out of Bellamy in that coaching capacity and eventually become the coach of the storm himself uh he hasn't come out and said that that's an aspiration but it kind of seems like an ideal um kind of role for him I think with all his knowledge he has um speaking of the storm though um it's now been confirmed that they've signed George Jennings we talked about it as rumor last week so George Jennings from the Eels and most notably no one is a lone player for the Warriors this year um he signed a two-year deal with the club and um, I think it's a great uh, a great deal for George. Um, he'll he'll definitely develop very well with Melbourne. They're they're very good at getting players that are kind of on the outer with other clubs and turning them into bona fide um, first graders. So great to see how he'll develop there. Um, as a Warriors fan, I would have liked to him to um, have signed a deal with the Warriors, but uh, Storm's definitely um, not a bad place to end up. They've also actually extended contracts of Brinko Lee and Cooper Johns, um, so that's great for them. Cooper Johns um, had very limited run this year with them, but has showed a lot of potential, and Brinko Lee has done very well for them this year as well. Um, also, we may as well keep going with the Storm. Josh Car is also rumored to be considering staying with the Storm for the final year of contract. We've spoken about it on previous episodes that he had requested a release of the final year of his deal which the storm had agreed to depending on the compensation they can get if another team picked them up uh the Tigers the Bulldogs and the Rabbitohs were all linked uh with Adokar but with the storm wanting that compensation it's kind of made the negotiations a bit more difficult so um looks like he may be staying for that final year and then looking to move on afterwards um with the Tigers possibly being the the firm destination Josh Mansour from the Panthers has actually been advised by the Panthers um that he will not be re-signed when his contract expires at the end of next season this has sparked a lot of interest from the Eels Tigers and Bulldogs um I think really it's all going to come down to Car situation if one of those teams can get Adokar um they're not going to be looking at Mansour so if they do miss out I think Mansour will be a top target for those teams that are looking for a winger. So. um I think he's still got a lot to offer a team. It's just with the Panthers, they got so much young talent that they don't want to lose because you ideally want to keep your younger talent that are showing promise um, as opposed to holding on to a guy that's coming towards the end of his career. So um, I guess time's going to tell what happens with Mansoor there, but I expect to see um, an announcement where he will end up very shortly. We spoke about it a bit briefly last week about Adam Kieran, about where he was going to go after the Warriors had released him. Um, It was rumored that he was going to go to the Roosters possibly. I can actually confirm that that's happened now. He signed a two-year deal with the Roosters. Uh, The Roosters were quite interested in him due to his utility ability, the fact that um, he can play in the halves, can play in the centers. He's even played lock in lower grades as well. Plus, he's a really handy kicker, which um, they lost kyle flanagan when they let him go he had quite a good goal kicking record as well so interesting times ahead for kieran i hope he does really well there um i think it was a bit of a mistake for the warriors to let him go but um good on him for getting a deal at one of the top clubs in the competition uh roosters still on on them they've actually also re-signed jake friend and the morris brothers so um some three good players there that um still have a lot to offer so good to see them sticking around with the club the eels have um actually picked up another warrior i know last week we announced that they signed us Asa, uh um i a sorry um they've actually also signed nathaniel roach on a development deal um fantastic news for um nathaniel he, he's been really unlucky in his time with the warriors uh he made his debut in 2016 has only managed 26 games due to injuries so hopefully um this development deal gives the eels a bit more um it's a bit more freedom i guess you could say for them that um they're not gambling too much on him if he continues to get injured but it also gives him an opportunity to to prove himself and get himself back into first grade so fingers crossed he does really well um I think he was a a hell of a player when he was able to play and hopefully his his injuries are behind him now. Rabbitos have released James Roberts on compassionate grounds he wanted to get a release early out of his contract to focus on his health and his family he's had a storied past um, with his mental health and he actually checked himself into a rehab facility earlier this year I wish him well and hope to see him back in the future if he desires it but it's great to see he, he's putting himself first as opposed to just trying to play and possibly ending up in a bit of strife, as we've seen so many times in the past. Um, with the news regarding the Toronto Wolfpack, which I'm going to cover a bit later on in my, my Super League section, it appears that Sonny Bill Williams is set to retire. There's no official word from him yet, but... Um, he doesn't seem that interested in playing for anyone other than the Wolfpack or the Roosters, and um, the Roosters have basically—they've—they've they've made no secret of the fact that they want Sunny Bill involved in the club, in an off-field capacity, um, in a type of coaching role. So, if he does announce that he's retiring, I expect to see him with the Roosters in that type of capacity next year. State of Origin was last night, and it, unfortunately um, for nine, they actually hit a 17-year rating low, um, leading many to predict that the State of Origin will return back to its middle-of-the-season fixture next year. I think the stats has been taken a bit out of context. Um, I, I know a lot of people are pointing that fans are a bit burnt out by rugby league now after such a, um, a strange season, but there was also the u.s elections on last night which i think would have taken some viewers away from the match um i myself had to watch the the game on my phone because my household was watching the election and i was outvoted on what was on the main television so um i guess we can really see if this is a continuing trend um with next week's game if the ratings come up again maybe it was just because of that if they stay low it could just be because of the burnout so I think it will go back to the middle of the season um, once the seasons get a bit more normal and away from the COVID. I just think due to that situation of having to reduce the season and that it made no sense for for them to break the NRL season up just to play Origin. So that's it for my news there. So I'm going to go into the Warriors Awards night, which was also last night. Um, It was actually quite a good show. It was about an hour long and they only had a couple of awards to announce, but in between the awards, they actually showed a lot of footage of the year that was for the Warriors, um, all the struggles with COVID and um, the stories about how the team grew together. And um, it was really interesting show, um, showed a lot of um, behind-the-scenes stuff, which I always like to watch. But the, the first award of the night was Rookie of the Year, which went to Jermaine tanoa Brown then the clubman of the year went to roger tovaraschik the player's player which is um obviously by the name the the player that all his teammates have picked as the best player um went to Tohu harris uh the vodafone people's choice award which is voted by fans um went to roger tovaraschik he actually got over 50% of the votes um, they they actually gave us who was second and third in that as well with Tohu Harris um, being second most picked by fans and then Peter Hiku being the third most picked. So um, thoroughly, I think Roger and Tohu were going to be a shoo-in for getting that award either way. And then the Simon Mannering Medal, which is um, the Player of the Year type medal, um, Tohu Harris won that, breaking Roger versus, um sheks record. Um, I think he was on three three years in a row where he won the medal. Tohu got it. I think it was thoroughly deserved um, in my writing and on this show. I've, I've talked a lot about how um, how well Tohu played this year and um, how he kind of held the Ford pack together with so many young, inexperienced players there. Experienced guy like Tohu really got those guys together and led by example. So congratulations to tohu and um enjoy the off season because it's not that long till you have to jump back into pre-season training so yeah good show um good to watch and let's just crack straight into state of origin so state of origin was also last night and queensland won the game 18 to 14 it was played in adelaide in the Adelaide oval um don't want to have to pull the cliche out early, but it was a game of two halves. New South Wales um, controlled the first half quite well, I thought. They used their experience over the Queensland side, which was full of rookies. I think they had eight rookies day last night, and they actually came away at halftime leading 10-0. Some quality players, despite the inexperience in Queensland, so 10-0 was never really going to be enough to um, make you feel comfortable. And... Um, I think a, an unfortunate part which I want to talk a bit about was Boyd Cordner. He actually went off for an HIA once again. Um, I've mentioned it before and I'll mention it again. I think he needs to really have a serious um, think about his career and possibly needs to retire. He's had a lot of head clashes. He missed five or six games this year due to concussions, and it, it's great that he, he still has the desire to play, but his body – um, doesn't seem to want to let him. So he might need to, to have a think about it and um, possibly hang the boots up himself. Um, New South Wales also lost Cameron Murray to a hamstring injury. And um, losing those two players, admittedly, Kordiner did come back in that second half. But um, yeah, it didn't really help their case. Um, before we get into the second half, a lot was said about Wayne Bennett's halftime speech. Um, Bennett himself hasn't really said uh, disclosed any information on what he was saying, but speaking with players after the game, he ba- they basically said that he challenged the halves and Dale Cherry Evans and Capra Munster to um, to really take control of the match. And I think they stepped up with an excellent display of um, tactical kicking in that second half.
0: I was going to jump in here before we were in the second half. In that first half, I mean, we had those two um quick tries where you saw new south wales really pull the uh queensland defense from defensive players in different directions to create those spaces which is really well done yeah but it showed a lack of communication with, with between the players whereas i think after that you saw them much more connected um and moving as a team yeah. rather than individuals uh and that's sort of stopped yeah. the uh the leak of points in in that in that first half already um yeah and by and not not allowing themselves to be pulled around perhaps slowing down some of their line speed at times to to, to enable yeah. that as well um yeah I th- and then suddenly they weren't giving up as much um as much territory as well
1: yeah definitely i think that um those inexperienced players um were a bit rattled at the start due to the occasion and i think yeah um some of the senior players stepped in there a bit and told them just to take a breath to, um just not overthink things and just play football and I think yeah as you saw once they kind of took a breath and played what they do every year and um week in week out in the NRL they started to be a bit more cohesive as a team yeah um so yeah um Queensland found some um, fortune there um, in the second half by trying to play up the middle as opposed to in the first half they were kind of throwing the ball around a bit haphazardly and not really getting anywhere. Um, they started rolling up the middle and they found some um, good opportunities there, mainly through Dane Gagai and Kirk Capewell, their centers causing a lot of havoc. Um, Dane Gagai is kind of, I, I think of him as Queensland MVP. I think he, he's always pretty good in the NRL playing for um, the teams that he plays for um, when it was with the Knights and the Rabbitohs, but he always seems to step it up a gear in the um in the state of origin and he had another strong game last night they um with capewell and Gaga having a bit of fun out there the um the maroons went on a bit of a rampage and they scored 18 unanswered points and um got themselves ahead and um they basically managed to shut down new south wales new south wales didn't have a lot of opportunities when in queensland's 20 meter and um really just strangled them out of the game, which um, is probably a, a bit of concern for um, Fitler as he prepares for game two. Um, Josh Adokard did get to score in the 76th minute for New South Wales to set up a bit of a tight finish. There was a little bit of controversy, which has been talked about today, um, where Felici Kafusi got simbunned for slowing down play the ball um, in the dying stage of the game, and... Um, Gerard Sutton actually ended the game after the Simbin, said that was it where um, Cooper Cronk actually spoke after the match and said that he thought New South Wales should have received a penalty and been allowed a chance to win the game from there. Paul Kent also came out and demanded that Gerard Sutton should be stood down after his performance as the referee. Um, It's not the first time this year Gerard Sutton's been criticised and I'm sure it won't be the last bit hard for me as a queensland fan i was fine with them in the game there obviously um but i can definitely see new south wales fan's point of view where they could have had a bit of time there was one or two seconds kind of left on the clock um but that's football for you really unfortunately um so that means queensland lead the series 1-0 right now um but last year they actually also won the first game by the same margin 18 to 14 and then they went on to lose the series 2-1 so you can't really count New South Wales just um, out just yet so if we go to my picks I actually picked New South Wales so I am zero for one um unfortunately and that will lead me into my preview of next week's game which is the 11th November Queensland versus New South Wales in ANZ Stadium in Sydney um, we've actually had news today that AJ Brimson is out for the series for Queensland, um, with a foot injury. The type of injury was actually really complicated to say. So I'm just going to say a foot injury cause, um, I haven't got my doctorate yet. Um, Valentine Holmes had a suspension, but is back for next week. So he's the most likely candidate to come in and replace Brimson, but unfortunate for AJ. I thought he played really well last night and, um, definitely looked like he was going to continue to have quite a good series. So very unfortunate for him. Um on New South Wales side, Cameron Murray, as I said earlier, went off injured with a hamstring. He's been ruled out of the series as well. So a big loss for New South Wales. Um but um I think really that New South Wales biggest problem possibly they won't they won't say it, but I think they may have gone into this uh, the first game a bit overconfident um Queensland had a lot of um injured players a lot of a lot of stars off the park to um just a bit too overconfident and I don't think they'll underestimate Queensland for a second game in a row playing in Sydney gives them a bit of an edge I think um especially with fans allowed at the grounds you're gonna have a lot of New South Wales supporters there backing them um what Queensland showed they've, they've got the goods despite missing plenty of talent so it should be a good matchup but I'm going to do it again I'm going to back New South Wales on this one um I'd love Queensland to win but I think New South Wales after that that upset defeat they're going to come back firing and um hopefully that means um it will be a, a match decider in uh, Queensland the following week so um Should be a great game to watch, though, and I'm looking forward to it. So before I move on to um, Super League and the women's news, are there any questions in the chat, Paul? Yeah, a couple. Well, one from me before we go into the chat. What's your thoughts on players
0: being selected out of position for Origin? Do you think you should be playing your best players on the park and fit them all in, or do you think you should be playing the best player per position on the
1: park? I think it really depends on the... It depends it's on the probably, player. Um,
0: was it, um, uh, New South Wales uh, mm-hmm. normally a fullback playing centre, getting himself handed off for that first try for Queensland.
1: Yeah, New South Wales do it quite a lot. Um, they they put players all over the place. They've just got a lot of talent that they want to have out on the park. Um, it works sometimes. It doesn't in others. Um, Valentine Holmes was a good example where um, he was always being put on the wing, where he was playing as a fullback for his NRL club, and he was always really good there. But, yeah, I, I think with the centres and your your more key defensive roles there, um, I think you really need to have players that play their week in, week out. So in a centre role, I'd prefer to have a centre, but for the fullback and the wingers, I think you can kind of switch around a bit. Cool. Yeah. Um, One from
0: Vicky here, Um, are there any Warriors that should be worried about their spots in 2021, she asks.
1: Um, I've really only got one. Um, Might be a bit controversial, but I think David Fusatua should be worried. Um, Obviously, a few years back, he was the leading tri-scorer in the NRL and um, was the best attacking weapon the Warriors had, but since then, he's kind of been on a slight decline and um, Kid Mamalo's kind of taken the spot as the top-tier winger in the Warriors right now. And Adam Pompey, I think, showed a lot this year that he can really fill in and be a good winger. And um, I think with the new coach there and that, if Fusatua doesn't show some improvement, um, he could well and truly be on the alter. The Warriors did reasonably well. They didn't make the playoffs, but they did reasonably well without him this year. So... It's not a situation where you're not scoring points if you don't have them out there. So I think he should be worried if his form doesn't improve. Moving on
0: then with the again with Warriors' um, question here. Uh, was uh, katioa robbed out of the Warriors' uh, Rookie of the Year award?
1: Uh, yeah, at least Katoa. Um, there's been a lot of chat in Warriors fan groups today that they said that he was robbed, that he should have got it because he had a breakout year. And um, I don't think he was robbed. I think um, Jimmo Tanoa brown played really well this year, and I think it just goes down to the amount of games played. Um, Tonoa-Brown missed one game out of the 20, and Katoa was injured and missed a few games, and he also had a suspension as well. So I think you, a rookie that's played basically 99% of your games against a guy who's played maybe 70, you, you're probably going to go with the guy that played every week. So uh, Katoa did have a great year though and it would have been a hard decision for the club to make, I think. Cool. Um,
0: Simon says, yeah, he, he'll, he prefers to go back to the um, or, um, state of origin in the middle of the season. Um, but that does mean that there are some NRL games with with teams missing players, doesn't it? Whereas this way around, at least all the teams have all their players for all their NRL games. Do you think that uh, will come into consideration or do you think that's considered to be uh, part of the uh, of, of what you just have to deal with uh, in the NRL.
1: um I think to be honest I think it's just going to go down to viewers if they see that if they had everyone watching in November um it would stay in November but if the ratings do continue to drop like they did last night they'll move it straight back to where it was always getting popular um the the missing players is always a bit unfortunate with origin but as a Warriors fan it doesn't really affect us so it doesn't worry me too much um and sometimes you can get a, a few good wins in there against good teams that have no players there because they're all playing origin
0: um good point here about the origin play later in the year could affect the international calendar um which
1: that's was- another case too yeah, yeah. so they're, they're getting to play it now because there's no internationals so yeah um i'm always going to pick internationals um over origin due to being a kiwi i like watching the kiwis play so um if i had to pick um watching the kiwis play tonga or australia i'm going to pick that over watching state of origin in november
0: yeah good one then for leaders into that super league news um, which super league player would you have liked to see play in the nrl
1: um i'm a bit biased because i'm a wigan fan but i would go with Sean O'Loughlin um he's had quite a big quite a big career in Wigan and um we've we've had a lot of hits and misses with Super League players coming down but traditionally forwards do really well like James Graham um is a big one but yeah I think O'Loughlin would have done really well um very similar to John Bateman and his short stint with the Raiders I think O'Loughlin would have come down here and done really well I think he's a bit too long in the tooth now to do it now unfortunately but um yeah I think he would have fitted in really well cool that leads us well into the uh Super League news cool so we'll jump straight into Super League there uh we talked a little bit briefly last week and in the episodes before that about the Toronto Wolfpack it's actually now been confirmed that the Super League's rejected their application to rejoin the Super League Uh, The chairman actually came out and made a statement saying that it would not be right for the development of the competition um, of the Super League to accommodate a team in Canada. Right now, uh, they're going to have meetings this week to decide if 2021's competition will have 11 or 12 teams. Uh, Really unfortunate for the Wolfpack. Um, Would have been good to see them get another chance, but it's... um, I think it really comes down to dollar and cents a bit like how Paul was talking last week about the cost of shipping players over or shipping teams to Canada to play, even though they had looked at a, a four weeks in the UK, four weeks in Canada type approach, you still trying to get three teams over to Canada. Um, so yeah, I think right now with COVID and everyone really watching their expenses, um, it was kind of inevitable I think um unless Toronto had done an offer where they were going to just stay all of next year in the UK which I don't think they were going to do because they need to make money as well so um but unfortunate but we'll possibly see another team get called up into the Super League um more on that news though the Salford Red Devils have actually been deducted three wins from this season following the club's failure to meet the terms of a financial commitment they agreed to in 2013. I tried to get a bit more in-depth knowledge on what actually happened, but essentially it was in layman's terms, they basically got a loan that they had to pay back and they haven't paid it back. So they've been punished by um, getting the three wins deducted. It doesn't affect them in terms of relegation due to there being no promotion relegation um, for this season. Um, But yeah, unfortunate for the players to be affected by some mismanagement by the club and um COVID, how it's affected super league they've actually changed their playoff structure once again um we talked probably about a month ago about their um their change to how the ladder was going to be when based on win percentage and stuff they've actually decided to completely change everything once again um Castleford Tigers and Hull KR have had quite a few COVID um, positive tests, which has effectively ruled them out of playing any more games. So the Super League's decided they're just going to basically stop. There's two more games of the regular season that will be happening this week. And after that, it's straight into playoffs. So they've basically decided that the top six teams will be competing in the playoffs. Um, the top two teams, got, let's see, got it there. See, got it of Mighty Wigan Warriors, my team's back at the top. Um, So the top two teams will be sitting out of the first round, with those finishing third to sixth will be moving into elimination matches on the 12th and 13th of November, with third playing sixth and fourth playing fifth. Um, Those winners of those games will then go on to face the first and second teams on the 19th and 20th of November, with the winners of those matches to face off in the 27th and the final so at first, with St. Helens second, Warrington Wolves a third, Callan Dragons fourth, Leeds Rhinos fifth, and Hull FC sixth. So that's basically, that is your six that will be going into the playoffs. Huddersfield, who's sitting at seventh, they're actually being placed on standby in case any team has to pull out of the playoffs due to COVID. So um, they have a potential chance of making um, the playoffs, depending on how the health of the other teams go um so before we go into what that means for the final two games we'll just cover what happened in the in the games we talked about that were happening this week um there's a bit of an interesting part that happened due to COVID so um on the 29th of October Hull FC defeated Hull KR 31 to 16 on the 30th of October Warrington technically had two games um they beat Salford Red Devils 24-0 Salford actually didn't play this game as they couldn't actually raise enough players to have a side so they defaulted um castleford tigers pulled out of the game against huddersfield giants at the same venue due to COVID. so what that meant is that the warrington wolves since they didn't play a game they played the huddersfield giants and defeated them 19-12 then my match of the the round was wigan playing st helens first first second and Wigan defeated them 18-6, which is why Wigan are now back at the top of the leaderboard. Then we had, on the 1st of November, Wakefield Trinity um, lost to the Leeds Rhinos 20-18, and then the last game of the round was um, the Salford Red Devils, now able to uh, get a team put together, defeated the Catalan Dragons 42-24. So, yeah, a bit of an interesting situation there with Warrington effectively if you look at the the score sheet there they played two games one after the other even though they didn't Um, so that means that we've got only two games left of the regular season for super league we've got on they're both on the 6th of november we've got wakefield trinity as you see there against the south red devils and the wigan warriors versus the huddersfield giants the interesting part here is if huddersfield are able to defeat the warriors Um, St. Helens will take that first place again. So um, Wigan, it's a must win for Wigan if they want to get that first place. Um, Admittedly, they still get uh, a week off in the playoffs, but they get a better run. Um, So I've got my fingers crossed for them there. So that's really all I had for Super League. Um, So I will go into my women's news. There wasn't too much other than the fact that the Kiwi Ferns have announced their squad um they're playing this Saturday at 4pm at Mount Smart Stadium against Fetu Samoa it's a invitational Samoan team and um Crystal Rota who um is from the Manuel Marlins and normally plays for the Warriors she didn't play this year due to the COVID situation she's been named Captain for the Kiwi Ferns which is um fantastic for her she's been a, a very good player since her debut um, in 2016, I believe, for the Kiwi Ferns. Um, they've actually named um, 11 deputants for this match against Samoa um, with several standouts from the National Women's Championship getting a call-up, which is great to see. Um, I've talked about how good the competition's been in New Zealand for the, the women's side, so um, good to see some of them get rewarded with a, a call-up to the Kiwi Ferns. Last time these two teams faced was in 2019 in June, and, uh, the Kiwi friends won it convincingly 34 to 14. So Kiwi fans will be, um, hoping for more of the same for there. but should be a great game to watch, um, again, 4 PM at Mount Smart. There's actually a curtain raiser beforehand, which is going to be fantastic as well, which is going to be Tonga playing new So, um, if you're in the area, go down to Mount Smart and watch it because we haven't had any international games, um, or any high profile games in New Zealand so this is the, really the only one we've got the squad there As you can see there's a few worries in there but mainly you've got a lot of counties in Akaranga um, players which is good to see after they've had such a dominant year in the national championship so um, good to see and yeah it should be a really good game to watch and then so after that I'll get into our um, our local league. I spoke last week about the big grand final day at uh, Trust Arena in Henderson. Um, there, all the games were won. We got national women's championship. The Upper Central uh, defeated the Auckland Balkans twelve to ten. Um, then after that, we had the national men's championship, where the Northern Swords defeated the Otago Whalers twenty-two to twenty. Then the national women's premiership. The Counties Manukau Stingrays, again led by now Kiwi Ferns captain Crystal Ureta, um defeated Akaranga Falcons 34-4. And then the biggest blowout of the day was actually in the National Men's Premiership, the, uh, the main event, so to speak. The Akaranga Falcons defeated the Counties Manukau Stingrays 64-18. Um, when they faced each other a few weeks ago, they ended in a draw. It was real tight, so I expected another finish like that. But um, the Falcons just blew them off the park. Um, I believe it's their fifth year in a row they've taken it out, but I didn't expect it to be by that margin. So um, it was a great day, a lot of good talent that you could watch, and um, hopefully we see some of these players um, get a shot in the NRL. We're seeing um, what the Kiwi Ferns have done by selecting so many of these players from the women's side. Hopefully the men get a, a opportunity to test themselves in the NRL. End of the years to come. So it's really our show this week. Uh, next Wednesday, um, we're going to be back on Wednesday next week, and it's kind of going to be our season finale. Um, I'm awaiting well, confirmation.
0: Of that, um, Simon does yep. have one more question for you. Oh, yes. Being, being a Wigan fan, what do you think of the Wigan's new logo?
1: Um. Yeah i I like it. I think um it's still a bit new to me um it's a darker shade of red than I'm used to seeing with it they're generally the cherry and white so it's usually a bit brighter it's kind of a darker red which is a bit different but um Simon might know more than me why they decided to change I- I'm not too sure but um yeah I- I'll-, I'll grow I'll grow into it
0: yeah, this, so, yeah is the, the, old, the old logo with the, uh, the old coat of arms kind of thing. Um, some fun yeah. ones there, showing it, comparing it to a Costa Coffee logo um, sign. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, clearly but, it's yeah, a, a big, a much modern, much more modern uh, logo um, than we've uh, than they than they had recently, as you can, uh, I guess, as people can see there. For those that uh, don't remember the old, uh, the old logo,
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, um I'm looking to have a special guest um for next week's show. Um just waiting on confirmation before I announce who it is. Um but hopefully um I will have him on board next week. I'll announce it on Facebook as soon as I've got the the confirmation. Um so once you see it on Facebook, if you've got any questions you'd like to throw to this person, let me know. And um it should be an interesting show. Um, We'll be discussing the the year that was, what next year will bring for uh, NRL in general, and I think it'll also be um, a good time to do our end of season award show. We've talked about it briefly last week, but how we do some awards. That um, if you've got some suggestions for categories you want on the awards show, flip them through, and um, we'll put something together. And um, should be a great night. And I'm really looking forward to it. So um, thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in tonight and joining me on New Zealand Sports Radio show, The Standoff. For your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into the podcast on iHeartRadio or Facebook. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Thank you and good night.